0: Hey everyone, BT here. Today, David and I are going to be talking about the Live Golf Tour and the concept of sports washing. If you're not familiar with sports washing is, we're going to talk a little bit about that in this episode. We're also going to talk a little bit about what is happening right now with these organizations that are outside of the United States who are infiltrating the sports landscape. And David talks a little bit about the long game that's at play here. And I think you're going to find it quite fascinating. So without any further ado, let's Get this episode started.
1: Successful people learn how to make their mind work for them. I'm David Nagel, and this is the Successful Mind Podcast.
0: to another Full Throttle Thursday here on the Successful Mind Podcast. We're so glad... You found us and continue to find us each and every week. So uh, happy to have you here. And we're going to talk a little bit about something that I was very uh, passionate about. I approached you about, David. Yeah. And I was uh, I was a little fiery <laughs> about a week <laughs> or so ago. I I was saying off, off mic that I've calmed down a little bit, but I think this is going to be a pretty interesting conversation because we're going to be talking today about probably something that not a lot of people maybe don't even really care about, or maybe they don't even know what happened. But to me, it was the center of the universe about a week ago. And that revolved around this new live golf tour. Yeah, And the idea of, and I'd never heard this comment or this word before, it was a new word to me and I had to actually look it up, sports washing. So that's yeah. I had never heard that either. I never
1: never heard that term.
0: Yeah, it's a new term. That's uh, that's well. Is that like don't fall off the ball washer or what what, what exactly is is. that? Yeah. So we're talking golf and sports washing today. So hopefully you'll stick with us till the end because I know there's going to be some good stuff that comes out of this. But that's what Full Throttle Thursdays are all about: taking on conversations that are new and interesting, and we have opinions on. Or I definitely have an opinion on for sure. So before we start, let me talk a little bit about what sports washing is. I think that's going to be very very helpful. Okay. Um, Do it. So, sports washing is basically the practice of an individual or a group, a corporation, or a government that uses sport to improve their tarnished reputation through hosting an event or the purchase of a sponsorship or a sporting team or by participating in the sport itself. So... You see examples of this all over the world right now, especially in football. And for us here in the U.S., we call it soccer. But football around the world is the biggest sport in the world if you look at these people. The, the fan bases are rabid. The money that goes into them is crazy. But there's some of the biggest and best clubs in the world have ties with Saudi Arabia, and that's kind of what we're going to be talking about the, the today. Football, the, the football. The football. Yeah, the football teams. Has, and it the football always been, has it
1: always been that
0: way? It hasn't always or is been that like new? that. It's relatively new. It's Saudi Arabia's way. To pump money into a product to make them uh, f- make people forget about their you know transgressions. Horrible, yeah, their transgressions
1: yeah. or their questionable activities. Questionable
0: activities, human rights, those sorts of things. Yeah, so okay. you see it in football. You see it in Formula One, another big money sport. I mean, the millions and millions and millions of dollars that get pumped into those super fast cars. they've got ties to the Saudi Arabia public fund as well. You've got Olympics. Uh, Not too long ago, they had uh, an Olympics in Russia. If you recall, that was not too long ago. They've had Olympics in China. Um, And this fall in Qatar, they're actually hosting the World Cup. All those places have horrendous human rights records. I mean, for crying out loud, Russia is currently at war with Ukraine. Um, And so you see that these things are happening. But back in, you know, when they hosted the World Cup in, I believe it was 2018, it was uh, Putin's crown jewel. You know, he was showing off his beautiful country and it was doing all these things. So that's another uh, idea behind this sports washing. Then, of course, most recently, like I said at the top of the show, the Live Golf Tour. So for those of you that don't know what the Live Golf Tour is, it's a professional golf tour that's financed by what is called the Public Investment Fund, which is a sovereign wealth fund of Saudi Arabia. And it is, uh, there's a lot of money there. That's a lot of oil money there. <laughs> a lot. Okay, so yeah, so the name Live L I V is actually refers to not how we live our lives, but Lives refers to and the it's Roman not num- refer.
1: It's not. It has nothing to do with Live Tyler either. It has nope, not no. at all. It has okay. to do
0: with the Roman numeral for fifty-four. All right, and how that ties into golf is if you birdie every single hole on a par seventy-two course, you would shoot fifty-four which is pretty impressive. And that has never been done. And most likely- I was just going to say,
1: how many people shoot 54? It will
0: never be done. It's never been done. Never it been probably done. never will be done. However, the gentleman who is running the Live Tour, the, the money behind the Live Tour, this public investment fund, said that if somebody does shoot a 54 on this tour, they will get $54 million wow. to them if they shoot oh, 54. okay.
1: There's an incentive. Doubt
0: it will ever happen. But the thing is, they're just basically saying, we've got fuck you money and we're going to throw it at you yeah. way we want. And that's really pissed off some people.
1: A lot of people. I can imagine.
0: Yes. So just, I'm just going to rattle off some stats and then we'll get dive into the weeds on this one. So the winner of the inaugural event. So the inaugural event was held on June 9th in London, England, and it had a purse of $25 million. And that means there were 48 players who were playing for a total of $25 million. And if you don't know how golf works, the person who wins the tournament gets the most money, second place gets some, right. third place yep. gets some. Usually yep. there's a cut, meaning that if you don't play well the first two days, they cut your ass and you go home for the weekend, you don't get to play. Yeah. You don't play. By the
1: way, bass fishing is the same way. <laughs> exactly.
0: You don't play, you don't get paid, right? Right. right? So so this is different. All 48 players are going to cash checks. So the person all who- All 48. All 48. The, what's, the,
1: p- what's the entire purse for the event? 25
0: million for that event. Okay. Over the course of the eight events they're doing, they're pumping $255 million into this, and that's just in payouts, right? There's not a lot of sponsorships. There's not a lot of commercials if you watch on TV. Actually, there's no commercials, and you can't find it on TV. You've got to watch it on, like, YouTube and things like that, but there's no sponsorship. So there's it's basically you sit down for four and a half hours, and it's just straight golf. There's nothing else. There's no human interest stories or they're not talking about what product so they're selling. So, this is an
1: internet broadcast only. It there's is. no cable, there's, there's, no, no, cable, there's, nothing, there's no, right? no, there's nothing, right? No, ESPN. They
0: don't need um, money. They don't need the right to sell the rights in order to fund it okay. because they've got the money coming from the ground and the oil, from what I understand, right? So, I also think what they're doing there is quite interesting because they're catering to a demographic of uh, people who use YouTube more more so the younger people. I use it a lot and you use it a lot, but the younger people, their attention spans are sho- so short. Right. Maybe they're trying to attract them to YouTube by having them ta- watch these specifically on there. I sat down and watched the first event for the first two days on YouTube in the background as I was going through and it was four and a half hours,
1: no commercials. No commercials. No commercials. Straight I never
0: sat through a four and a half live stream outside of our own right. in my life. Right. So for for me to be able to do that, it just kind of goes to show you because you're not having to be sold a Ford every, you know, every five minutes. or you're not having to be sold something else every five minutes. And I get it. You have to have that. Doritos. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. It it just makes me want to just carve out, right? So the winner of that event, gentleman by the name of Charles Schwartzel. Charles Schwartzel has won a few tour events over here in the U S he did win the masters, uh, back in the day. Um, but up to that point in his career, before he won this live event, he had earned 20, just over $20 million in his career, Okay, right? which is pretty good career. That's pretty damn good. Um, especially if you consider he's only won one, a few of them, his biggest year of earnings.
1: How long has he been a pro?
0: He's been a pro for probably, I don't have that exact stat, but I want to say it's, it's definitely longer than 10, 15 years. 10, 15 years. Yeah. Okay. So In 2015 and 2016, he had his biggest year yet and he made just under $3 million for the entire year. It's a pretty damn good year. For his win at the live event, he won $4.75 million in one event. Wow. So his biggest season where he probably played 30 events, he made just under $3 million. For this one event, he took home $4.75 million. $4.75 million. Just wrap your head around that. That's $2 million more than he earned in his best ever season. And that represents, if you, if you do the quick math, around 24% of his lifetime earnings was made in that one tournament. And that is, is crazy money. And the PGA, which is really up in arms about this because they say they're destroying golf by having this tour, the PGA can't compete with that. Just to kind of put that in perspective, the U.S. Open, which was held this past weekend, is the one of the biggest tournaments of the year. That's It's called a major tournament over here in the U.S. And that was completed at a total purse of $7.5 million, which is pretty good, too. I mean, uh-huh. that's not far off from the $20 million that the Live Tour offers for their purse. But that was up from $12.5 million from last year. So last year, the U.S. Open only had $12.5 million to dole out to the people who...
1: How... So, so put... Put this this live tour aside sure. for a second. How has golf been doing as a sport in the last 10 years? Is it increasing? Is it decreasing? Interesting.
0: Yeah. So it, it has been, so COVID changed everything. COVID was the great equalizer. More and more people now are playing the game of golf. It was really big when Tigers first started out back in the late 90s, yeah. and it got huge. And then after a while, it started to taper off when Tiger wasn't winning for those many years like we did on a podcast. Because I had
1: a guy tell me a few years back, this is probably going back to like 2015, I was told this. Guy was telling me he's like, like a golf course a day closes down in the United States. Like it's terrible, like horrible. So I'm not a golfer. I've never really, you know, got involved with golf. I know who Tiger Woods is and Greg Norman and all those guys. But I was curious as a sport, is it on the increase? Was it on the decrease? What is making it available? What is making the timing of this thing? Uh, so opportune to come in. But uh, but you answered yeah. my question no, so absolutely.
0: Okay. I mean and, and that is that, that brings up a really important point, you know. I mean it, there were a number of number of golf courses that were closing up to like the twenty twenty times. Like did they become up until, the 2020s, up until okay. right around then because it, it costs a lot of money to run a golf course. You've got to have the the, yeah, they're the expensive water. As hell. you've got to have the crew to maintain it. You let a golf course go for a week or two weeks and it's just it's a hayfield and it's yeah. not playable. It's right. and it's different kinds of grass so according to what i just pulled up here in the national golf foundation the the number of closures is down about 53% from Is that when right? it, it pe- and it peaked prior to the pandemic. So now you've got more and more people who are out there playing the game because it's a sport you can do at a safe distance from one another if you're still worried about COVID, right. it's outdoors. Um, it's a lot of land. I mean, yep. a lot of people want to get their hands on that land because that land equals dollar signs. You can put up condos, you can put up shopping malls, but people who are fighting to keep these golf courses, they are out there you know, doing whatever they can to make sure that nothing goes away. But to get back to your point, the game has never been more healthy, in my opinion, from a standpoint that more and more people are playing it. Now, as far as the Live Golf Tour is concerned, that has brought a whole different beast into the equation because basically this Live Tour is backed by the Saudi Arabian Public Investment Fund. Right. And that's the... Sovereign Wealth Fund that's chaired by Mohammed bin Salman, Mm -hmm. the crown prince of Saudi Arabia, and the man who a U.S. intelligence report named as responsible for approving the operation that led to the 2018 murder of a journalist that was actually live streams where they were basically flaying him online. So it's really dicey. It's really dodgy. It's really, you know, human rights come into play here. And he denied his involvement in that. But- the people who are in the know believe that he's responsible for it. So anybody who takes any money from Saudis, even though we have a diplomatic relation with the Saudi Arabian government is considered to be a, tra- a travesty. You should just not be doing that. And the reason I wanted to talk about this today is there's this backlash for those that are playing on this new live tour they're receiving and the criticism and the word blood money has been thrown around so much. And they're just being paid in the name of sport by this public investment fund from Saudi Arabia. Now, I definitely have my opinions on this, and I did send some materials your way. So before I continue to spout off my opinions, what do you think about what you've read or what you've seen? Or is there anything that you're not quite clear on that I can help maybe clear up for you?
1: So, I, you know, the thing about this for me, and and I remember these conversations with the Olympics, with Russia and also with China, and back when we did Beijing, back in like 2007, eight, whenever that was back then, um, I, I have always kind of, it's, it's been an interesting thing, because it's, the argument is, should we, should we be doing this with countries that have m- massive human rights violations? And it's weird, because that's about the only time the public hears that question, we the i mean most of the public does not realize the amount of business that we do with all of these different countries um and necessary business also like a lot of this business is is necessary but the th- but the thing about it for me is in the, in our country sports are sacred we, we it's a sacred thing in our country if if we, on one hand i can see if you let if you let somebody come in and do something like this they could totally devastate and end up monopolizing all the sports in our country and it would never be the same again and it basically would be owned you know by saudi arabia but the problem is is that we're seeing this happen with china uh, mostly china actually if i'm going to really get into it So much of what we do, and and the public actually found out about this during COVID, just how much we were beholden to China for products and services that we needed in our country that were actually developed in China, right? Sure. So when they own, when if they own our sports, if they own our business, if they own our our whatever, whatever computers, whatever cell phones, microchips, whatever, and it just continues to go on and on. What is it? What is the foundation of our country? What is the basis? Every other country owns it. You know, it's you're primed for a takeover. I don't. And then, and of course, I see being a business person, uh, understanding how people dedicate their lives. Pro- professionals dedicate their lives to to sports, and also understanding that that's basically all they do. So they they need to make they need to make money as they're going through their career. I can see why something where a 4 million dollar payout would be so enticing for anybody that's a professional. I mean, people have to take care of their families, right? Right. People have to take, you know, it's the only
0: way they can make money. I mean, they have sponsorships and stuff like that, but you got to be good to get a sponsorship, right? So it's the only way you make money. So if you were offered, you know, I think anybody listening to this, if you were offered like Phil Mickelson, you know, is really taking a lot of bullets for this, for this tour. And he got just shredded at a press conference he did before the U S open, where he just played absolutely horrible. He hadn't played competitive golf for four months and he just played like absolute dog shit but what was interesting about that whole thing is he was he was paid supposedly 200 million dollars just to play on the tour just to sign on to the tour because they needed wow. a they need names they, they a name. need faces tiger woods supposedly turned down a nine-figure in nine-figure offer from the live tour to be the face of that organization. Now Tiger being steeped in legacy and still trying to catch Jack Nicklaus in the majors record, he doesn't want to throw all that away because if Tiger were to go I don't think it would be as legacy tarnishing as most people would believe because I think a lot of people would follow him because they look at Tiger as being a leader. He he built this sport in essence. Now we can go back to talk about Arnold Palmer, Jack Nicklaus, all those other greats from yesteryear. But the reason most people know about golf nowadays is because of Tiger Woods. Period. He turned down a nine figure offer from them to go ahead and play. Phil Mickelson took $200 million to do it. So you can kind of see how the money does speak. Now, Phil Mickelson also had a gambling problem where at one point in time, apparently he was $40 million in debt. And you factor in the right? money he's made in his lifetime. Absolutely, so he took the money. He's also 51 years old. Now, if he was 21 years old, would he have done that? Who's to say, you don't know, but there are people starting to cross over. And I think the biggest issue with all of this is golfers are independent contractors. They should be able to play where they want to play, whenever they want to play, whether it's on the PGA Tour, whether it's on the DP Tour, which is the European version of the PGA, whether it's in China, whether it's on the Live Tour, they should be able to play wherever they want to play. But because the PGA has basically removed these guys who have defected over to this tour, and they said you can no longer play in our tournaments over here that are PGA-sanctioned events, it's really really, uh, uh, divided the sport, and it's really caused this sort of rift between the players who are not on that tour and the players who are. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Yeah.
1: And it gets people to slowly and more continually accept uh, countries that are doing horrible things without making any kind of a stand and going, absolutely not. You know, we're not going to do business with you until you clean up yeah. what you're doing. And yeah. you treat people like, I mean, that's because human rights violations are the worst. It's There's so many problems Absolutely. that all countries have, but it's like, come on, you know, you know, we can, we can clean this up in humanity. Yeah. This is not necessary for people to still be living this way. I don't particularly like it, but I also think it's one of those things. You're not going to stop. Yeah. You're not going to no, stop. Right. It's the no, wheels are in motion. They're, they're in, they're in motion. That's it. And, and look, Everybody's got their price, you know. When you sit there, like you, you have to ask yourself if you were, if you were, if you were a professional golfer, a professional anything, and you're sitting there, and you know the only way that you make money is through this. You see, the writing is going to be on the wall for it, right? And I got to tell you something, T. As sad as it is, I don't think I think that it'll probably totally crush golf the way that we know it, and I don't think anybody will blink an eye. Yeah, because. The people that are romantic about the old days, thats they're going after the young people. Yeah, the young people are. don't give a flying fuck about the old right. days, right? right? You and I are still romantic about stuff. Yeah. The young people today will be romantic about stuff when they get to be our age. Sure. But that passes so fast, it's like its it's gone. And you'll have old timers talking about what the old days were like, and everybody's completely moved out. I mean, we see it with everything. Yeah, we do. You know? And it's happening faster and faster and faster now than it's ever happened before. So I'm with you. I don't like it. I I think for, I'll, I have a, a variety of different reasons why sure. I don't like it. I think it weakens us. I think that, uh, I think America is being pulled apart at the seams by all the different things that make us great. And it's, it's being shredded out to various different places, especially when it gets sh- shredded out to, to countries that, um, you know that their long-term strategy is is not good for what we what we stand for, right? Uh, and they bring it. You know, they look at this is very strategic. You see, people in the United States don't understand this about countries like Saudi Arabia, China, stuff like this. These countries know how to play long game, multi generational power takeovers, right? Their history shows it, you know, it's not about what's going to happen in the next five years. It's like the people in power today may never even see uh, how they're going to take over, you know, 50 years from now or a hundred years from now, but all of the things are put in place to take all of the things that, that make us um, who we are, you know, like what we stand for. The sports is a, the, the way we have built sports in this country it has been part of the backbone of what we stand for and who we are. You know, we're, we're playing it out on the field. It's, it's, a, it's, also, it's also a source of bringing excellence, you know, to the, to the world. And, and I think that when you take away, when, when that gets more stripped away and it's more about the money than it is about the sport itself, eventually you get to the place where the sport doesn't matter anymore.
0: Yeah. Yeah, those are all very good points. And I, I like that you bring that up, it is especially the pieces around the long game that's, that's taking place. Because was I entertained by what the Live Golf tour had offered when they ran their first event in London. Absolutely, I was entertained. It was it was very different from anything I've ever sure. seen before because it was both individual and team related on the same course. They played 54 holes as opposed to 72. There was no commercials. It was just basically all about the golf. Yesterday, as I was watching the U.S. Open, I noticed that it seemed like every three minutes there was a two-minute brick of commercials. They would do this playing through part where they show the feed of the tournament, but they also overlay it with the audio and a commercial on the side. Right. Because they have to make money to be able to pay these things out. It's just a long process, and it's, I, I hate commercials. I live in a streaming world. So <laughs> when you think yeah. about the, the kids who are, what they're going to be romantic, down the road, who knows, but their attention spans have shortened. Our attention spans have shortened just because we're about what have you done for me lately? I want it now. Mm-hmm. And TikTok's huge, you know, Snapchats, all these little short things that are burst. Even YouTube. YouTube has become my go to for anything and everything. I use it like a search engine. If I need to know how to change a it's tire, fantastic. Look it up. it's right there. So the fact that they're tapping into that demographic is interesting. And I'm, I'm conflicted by the tour. What I am not conflicted about is the people who can sit in their ivory towers and can say, oh, you know, you're such a sellout. You know, I would never do that bullshit. If Everybody's someone, got their if price. If someone came to you right now and offered you $200 million to do X, Y, or Z, I guarantee the majority of you would do it. And yeah. if you're And if you wouldn't do it, you're probably lying to yourself. Yeah. I think that was the thing that bothered me. But the, the reason that these guys are taking the hits, especially Phil Mickelson, is because they took the angle of, instead of coming out and saying, you know what, I did it for the money. If you do that you're probably look as a pompous ass because people will say right well you got plenty of money you've been doing this your whole life you've got more than enough money you never have to worry about it the reality is they came in and said we're doing this to grow the game we want it to be global they're trying to tow this line the reality is you took the money just say you took the money just like when you know the late Kobe Bryant had his issues and he had to go to court or Tiger Woods, when he had his issues and he didn't say, I came out and say, you know what? I'm a philanderer, you know, whatever it might be. Instead of just owning it and saying, this is who I am, these guys were basically hiding behind, well, we're trying to grow the game of golf on a global level. And that's the company line. But the reality is they should have just said, I'm here to take the money, and one guy did take the money. Who's one of the one of the black hats? I call them black hats because they're like the villains of those old western <laughs> movies. They come strolling into town. Bryson DeChambeau, who's one of the quirkiest guys ever on the on the tour, young guy, he basically came out and said this was purely a financial decision. Yeah, and you yeah. know what? it really kind of just squashed the argument. Now, of course, the internet trolls are gonna be all over that, right. they're gonna be
1: like, oh yeah, there he is, this guy, right. this you know, white guy. But he's guy. standing in, his, in what the truth is. In his truth. So there's not it, much you can do about it.
0: Absolutely, it really squashed it. But these other guys who are tiptoeing around it, because yes, I don't think that Phil Mickelson was responsible for you know the beheading of a journalist in Saudi Arabia. I don't think that he uh, probably doesn't feel great about the fact that he's having to answer all these questions about it, but at the same time, he had to have known what he was getting into when he did it just like all of these guys who you know they use the word defected to this tour know about it my reality is that if you want to if you want to go and make your money, however you want to make it, in a legal fashion, in a legal fashion. If you want to go make your money, then I feel you should have the right to be able to do that. Phil Mickelson has been on this tour for nearly thirty years. I feel like, can you tell I'm a Phil guy? I'm bringing up yeah, Phil uh, here a lot. Really I know you're a Phil guy. I know you're a Phil guy. But it was, you know, he 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 chose to do that, just like these other guys chose to do it, and they should be allowed to be able to play whenever, wherever. And that's just not the case right now. So it's just the, fascinating
1: to me. The, well, the other thing about about professional. Um, People in sports is that the length of their career is determined by age and health, right? How how long can their body hold out, and that and that really seems to be very true with all sports down the line. True. Some are more physical demanding in the, than others, but um, there's a lot of things that that human beings are more specifically talented at and have the vibrancy to play in their twenties and thirties. And you start to get into their late thirties and forties and it starts to decline yes, a little much. bit. So they have to make their money, you know, make the money when the hay grows or when the, right. whatever, however the saying is uh, when the sun shines. So make hay when the sun shines. Yeah. yeah right. So, the, so I get it from that standpoint. And the thing is, is that as long as anybody takes the money, they're in. That's it. It'll go. And I'll tell you what: be prepared T, because you're going to see football or hockey yeah. or something else is going to be next. It's not going to stop here. They're going to take over everything. It's true.
0: It's absolutely true. Well, we'll finish with this piece right here. And this was another not to not to keep bringing Phil back into the conversation here, but uh, there's a there's a very outspoken analyst on the golf channel by the name of Brandel Chambly. He's a former golfer. Um, He took to Twitter last week, and he actually forced me to shut off my television. I was so annoyed by what he was saying last week about this whole live golf tour and the divide and all these other sorts of things. But he was calling for the removal of Greg Norman, who I'm sure you know who Greg Norman is. Um, He's the CEO of live golf. He's actually the, the face. He's the CEO of this live golf tour and Phil Mickelson. He wants them both removed from the hall of fame. The hall of fame is interesting in golf because you don't have to like other sports have to be out of the game to be in the Hall of Fame, like to be elected into the Hall of Fame, you can still be playing if you're that good. Um, both Greg Norman and Phil Mickelson, amazing golfers. And
1: what's the charge to pull them out of the Hall the of Fame? The charge
0: is that they haven't
1: done anything they wrong.
0: Dishonored the game. So this is his this is his tweet, and this is quoted from his Twitter account. As far as I know, it's never happened that an athlete has been kicked out of their Hall of Fame, but both Norman and Mickelson should be removed from the Hall of Fame. They've dishonored the game, and they threatened to destroy the game that they have both so enormously profited from. That was Brandall's
1: tweet. Wasn't Pete Rose kicked out of the Hall of and Fame? And that's what
0: I was going to bring up. Thank you for bringing up Pete Rose. Pete Rose actually was not elected into the Hall of Fame because... So he was
1: banned from being elected. Right. He, he was not, never actually He could in.
0: never actually be elected because they took what he did off the field. And they said, you cannot be in our Hall yeah. of Fame. Just like, the, just like the steroid guys. Just like the Bonds and the Maguires. Yeah, the yeah, Soces, yeah. They won't and Armstrong. Be elected. They won't be elected into their Hall of Fames because there was PEDs, there was steroids, there was betting on baseball. Those are crazy things that should happen. I don't think by Phil Mickelson or Greg Norman aligning with this tour, even if it is backed by Saudi money, I don't think they should be diminished of what they did on the on the. The field of play. And I yeah, feel this the same doesn't. Way about Pete.
1: This, yeah, I don't. This doesn't sound like that. Sounds very off to me about this. I understand the stance for Pete Rose, even though it was never proven that he bet on his own team. So I think that that should have been rectified years ago. Yeah. But this, it doesn't be, just be like, it sounds like you're jealous yeah. is what it sounds oh, well, like to me. And,
0: and you know, he, pretty strong words coming from a guy who won one PGA tournament and was never ranked higher than 57th in the world rankings. Greg Norman was a former number one multiple champion winner, Phil Mickelson, former number two. He never made it to number yeah. one because there was another guy who was ahead of him who was a really good golfer. To
1: disagree with it, to denounce it, that's fine. That's your, that's your prerogative, but to start. This whole canceling thing just goes way too far for me.
0: Yeah, I feel like you're reading my notes. It's
1: like, It bu- feels it's like bullshit. canceling to it me. Is. It, it, it is. It really is. Yeah. That's what
0: gets me really frustrated. I mean, I am I love the game of golf. I love the people who play the game. I just want to see it thrive. But you're right. We open up Pandora's box. We start to let these, you know, organizations in, sports washing. Who knows? Before you know it, your favorite NBA team may be owned by money that's not coming from here. Or, you know, your favorite professional football team here in the U.S. It, it does open up a uh, a quandary of of conflicted feelings and I agree I, with you. I think I I think I'm glad I took it to the. Uh,
1: I agree. The and the thing it. is, is we know that the other the other sports will be next. Yeah. This goes if this continues to go on, which I'm sure that it will. The other sports will be next.
0: And money talks. I mean, absolutely money talks. Well, there's
1: so. no question about that. All
0: right, well, good deal. Well, before we go, I yeah. just wanted to, uh, this is just a brief little reminder that um, in the month of July, David knows this already, is we're going to be coming to you not on Thursdays, but we're going to be coming to you on Mondays. We're going to be dropping one episode into your feed starting... On July, in, on Monday, in the month of July. And it's only for that month we're doing an entire series on leaderships. We're calling it Lessons on Leadership. So for those of you who are loyal to the show, make sure you come. We're only gonna be dropping one in your feed so you can focus all about leadership in the month of July. It'll be David. It'll be Steph, yep. and it'll be absolutely amazing. It'll so be amazing. I just kind of wanted to prep you a little bit, because I know you guys love hearing you know, what we're talking about on Full Throttle Thursdays. We are not going away. We will bring it back. But for the month of July, we're going to be doing Lessons on Leadership every Monday. So be sure to check that out on your favorite podcast listening place or, of course, on YouTube. So make sure you do that. So wanted to get that
1: in. You bet. All right.
0: Thanks, David. All right. All right. All right, everyone. Apologies if I came across a little bit sensitive in that particular episode. I'm passionate about it. I'm a big Phil guy. I didn't think it was warranted that he was taking so many hits from people who were saying that he was a sellout. But you know what? Everybody should be entitled to their opinion, and you too should be entitled to your opinion, and we'd love to hear it. So give us a comment down below. Let us know what you feel or what you think about the Live Golf Tour, or more importantly, what do you think about sports washing that is taking place? Do us a favor. Ring that bell so you don't miss any of the notifications every time we put out a video we want you to be able to see it and of course make sure you subscribe and send this along to someone who would enjoy listening to us we just have uh, interesting conversations and we hope this was one of those so whether you're a uh, light like golf or hate golf or somewhere in between we hope this brought a little bit of uh, some interesting ideas or thoughts into your mind so until next time we'll see you on the next successful mind podcast All right.